house. Give up your comfortable situation. Go to the place you least want to go. Jesus says, you just follow wherever I go. He says, you follow whenever I go. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That sounds so harsh. What is wrong with Jesus? He should be kinder than that, shouldn't he? But a couple of things we need to understand. There's a couple of cultural issues we need to understand. First, this guy's father probably wasn't dead. Most likely what he is saying is that this is not a good time. I have responsibilities. I have my parents to care for. When that is done, Jesus, there is nothing I would rather do than come follow you. He's negotiating with the king of glory. He's saying, I would love to follow you as long as we can do it on my timing. And Jesus says to him, in essence, you need to let the loose ends take care of themselves. You need to be about my business. I mean, think of the disciples. Have you ever really thought about when Jesus called his disciples? Matthew chapter 4, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Do you get that? They're working they're on the job. There's still work to be done. Jesus says, follow me. They just get up and go. We're done fishing. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. They left Zebedee in a bind. He had fishing to do. They had nets to prepare, and they said, there's nothing more important than following this man. He called, I'm going, and they're gone. Jesus is not stagnant. Jesus is not standing still. One of my favorite lines in the Chronicles of Narnia is, Aslan is on the move. So is Jesus. And when he moves, he says, follow me whenever. There's no bad time to follow Jesus. Finally, we follow him whatever. In verse 61, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. You know, the man says, oh, I'll follow you too, but let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Again, cultural context. It's probably not just going by and saying, bye, mom and dad. But, you know, there's extended family. There's going to have to be gatherings and parties and goodbyes and wrapping up of things. And Jesus says, don't you understand? You can't look back at that life anymore. If you're going to follow me, you have to look forward. You have to look at me. You cannot follow me and look behind. The glorious Jesus takes no negotiations. He speaks, and as Isaiah said, here I am, send me, so do we. He simply reveals himself and his joy, and we follow. It was um, about five and a half, six years ago that I uh, was serving as senior pastor in Dalton, Georgia. Had a beautiful ministry, thriving, growing, multicultural ministry. 
God began to work on my heart. A lot of it after reading the book and looking through this and saying, I need you to follow me. He called me to give up the pastorate, moved to Pittsburgh into an incredibly poor community and started a nonprofit, helping alleviate suffering among the poorest of the poor. I got there, and, and I, I was pretty sure God called me because no one else was capable possibly of doing this. And then he broke me in ways I couldn't even imagine. Took me away from my calling and my job. Took me away from friends. He took me away from my church. I found myself surrounded by the poorest of the poor with nothing of my own and nothing to support me. We worked, my wife and I worked tirelessly, built an organization, began to do some amazing things in the community. I was asked to come and be a part of a church where I was able to preach regularly and be a part of the ministry. And I thought, finally, I've worked my way out of this hole. I'm finally back to where I wanted to be. And that is when Jesus took my wife home. Teaching me that, no, you're nowhere except where I am. And when we follow Jesus, he promises to give us everything that we need to do what he wants us to do. And in the end, he gives us joy in him and in knowing that we serve a God who is worthy of all that he asks us to do. Let me close. Uh, I know I've gone long, I think. Just let me, just let me close quickly with this. William Borden, in the early 1900s, was the heir to the Borden Dairy fortune. When he was 16 years old, his parents sent him on an around-the-world trip as he graduated from high school. They wanted to open his eyes up to the world and the possibilities and opportunities in the world because he would come back and, and lead their family and their fortune. Unfortunately, they made the mistake of sending him with a missionary. And instead of showing William Borden... The, the things of this world, he showed him the hurting and the suffering and their desperate need for Jesus. William Borden came back from his world tour and said, I'm going to serve Jesus as a missionary. Needless to say, his parents were not happy. Cut him off from the vast portion of his fortune. Finished his education at Yale. was going to Africa to minister among Muslims there, stopped in Cairo, Egypt to learn the language, contracted spinal meningitis, and died within weeks at the age of 25. Seems like a terrible waste, doesn't it? Except after his death, the Bordens received their son's Bible. And in the back of the Bible, they found three quotes the first was after they had cut him off from the fortune. He had written two words, no reserves. The second was dated and written when he left for Africa. He wrote two words, no retreat. The final two words were written just before he died. He said, no regrets. 
in the life of this extraordinary young missionary who never made it to the field, affected the lives of so many, so many others who followed his footsteps into gospel ministry. Jesus doesn't ever promise us success or happiness or good things. He only promises himself. And he gives his children these words. If any of you would come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. And let's go. Let's pray. Father, use these words, the words of your son, through the gospel you've given us, to help us evaluate who and what we are, what we've been, and where we're going. Lord, give us each the grace to be humbled by your spirit, to rejoice in our slavery, to find you in our suffering, to find meaning for our lives in following, and make us what you've created us to be. And we ask this for Christ's sake. Amen.